on this edition of the program, your debate recap. It's all here. Winners, losers, a lot of sound. Let's get into it. This is made possible by Dustin Campbell, Oh Them Bones, Daily Tech News Show, Andy Beach, and Craig. Everybody to the politics, politics, politics program for August 25th, 2023. Your old pal Justin Robert Young. Hellboy. That was a. I, I, look, now I've seen the debate twice. I watched it live with everybody at px3live.com. Thank you so much for, for everybody for joining us on Twitch. It was a good time. Look forward to doing it again next month. Maybe this time with a little less whiskey. Boy. I made a real important internal lesson or I learned an internal lesson last night. And that is I was drinking during the pandemic because I remember doing like five, six hour DNC and RNC streams. And I was just ripping through a a Toki Suntory Toki whiskey back then and I had three of them last night, and I was done effed up. It was, it was, uh, it was, it was a scene. I was drunk, as anybody who's a patron found out, because I still had to do the Patreon episode last night. So if you want to hear drunk me talk about the uh, about about the debate, then you can go ahead and, and head on over to the Patreon. So next time, maybe I'm going to take it, uh, maybe some light beer, light beer next time. Anyway. Top line thoughts. I thought that it was a good debate. I honestly did. Uh, I, I, I thought that it was entertaining. I thought that it was informative. And I think that it moved the Republican Party forward on an issue that they desperately need to have consensus and action on in in abortion in in a in a meaningful way. Like really, debates are not here for that. Debates are here so you get to know the personalities of the candidates or how they're going to project themselves and maybe a little bit of policy here and there. You you want an impetus for some of these candidates to talk about what they are going to do. That being said, this felt, I don't know, it it, it felt good to me. It felt exciting. It it didn't really flag. Uh, Everybody was was all up in each other's business. I think most everybody, except for Asa Hutchinson, came off pretty well. They all had pretty good moments. We're going to play a bunch of them here. But there are winners. There are losers. We're going to go through this chronologically. So this is going uh, from the beginning of the bait to the end. Let's begin with... This is just... You guys know I'm, I'm, I'm a debate fanboy. I'm a debate historian. I don't ever remember the S word being played or talked about by in the question of a debate. I've just never heard it. So maybe somebody says BS while they're answering, but 
This was the first question asked during the debate. It involves the viral hit song, Rich Men North of Richmond. Let's play it. Gas is high and food is high. It's a lot of people out here homeless because they can't buy food. It's tough when you got mortgage rates at 78% versus two to three. It's just you can't afford a house anymore. It's inflation is, is ridiculous. It's killing us out here. As we sit here tonight, the number one song on the Billboard chart is called Rich Men North of Richmond. It is by a singer from Farmville, Virginia, named Oliver Anthony. His lyrics speak of alienation, of deep frustration with the state of government and of this country. Washington, D.C. is about 100 miles north of Richmond. There's rich men north of Richmond. Lord knows they all just want to have total control. Want to know what you think. Want to know what you do. And they don't think you know. But I know that you do. Because your dollar ain't shit. And it's taxed to no end. Cause the rich men north of Richmond. So, Governor DeSantis, why is this song striking such a nerve in this country right now. <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't know. That, that's just a curiosity. That's not anything that really has anything to do with any of the candidates. I thought Ron DeSantis' answer was fine. Obviously, there were a lot of DeSantis heads there in the audience. It's been very interesting to see the reaction to DeSantis because I didn't think he had a particularly great debate. Uh, I think that he very much has a charisma vacuum compared to other people that are on stage. And yet, you know, there's been some like focus groups kind of stuff that says that it came off better than, than I initially thought. So there is, you know, we're at a, whatever that's going to be. There's one person for whom introduced themselves on the stage. Some people really liked him. Other people didn't like him so much. But welcome to the stage, the main character for the night, Vivek Rameshwami. Uh, you've said that you only voted in two presidential elections before this moment, this political race. So first, let me just address a question that is on everybody's mind at home tonight. Who the heck is this skinny guy with a funny last name and what the heck is he doing in the middle of this debate stage? I'll tell you, I'm not a politician, Brett. You're right about that. I'm an entrepreneur. My parents came to this country with no money 40 years ago. I have gone on to found multi-billion dollar companies. I did it while marrying my wife, Apoorva, raising our two sons, following our faith in God. That is the American dream. And I am genuinely worried that that American dream will not exist for our two sons and their generation unless we do something about it. And I do think Brett is going to take an outsider because for a long time we have professional politicians in the Republican Party who have been running from something. Now is our moment to start running to something, to our vision of what it means to be an American today. If you have a broken car, you don't turn over the keys to the people who broke it again. You hand it over to a new generation to actually fix the problem. That's why I'm in this race and we're just getting warmed up. <laughs> so one of the predictions that I made on this show was that Vivek Ramaswamy would be a target. Somebody would try to take Vivek Ramaswamy out in the way that Elizabeth Warren took out Michael Bloomberg. And I partly thought that this was going to be the case because I think it takes a little time to get 
up to speed with stuff. But I was not expecting Ramaswamy to be as comfortable on stage as he was. And he looked like he was born up there. He did draw fire. This is Mike Pence, not Chris Christie. He came later. This is Mike Pence going after Vivek. A president can't do everything. Well, I got news for you, Vivek. I've been in the hallway. I've been in the West Wing. A president of the United States has to confront every crisis facing America. I will put our nation back on the path to growth and prosperity and restore fiscal responsibility, just as I did in Congress and as governor Mr. Vice president. and when I was vice president. But, yeah, I mean, we've named earlier. Invoked. I'm going to get Vivek first. We'll get to both of yeah, This isn't that complicated, guys. Unlock American energy. Drill, frack, burn coal, embrace nuclear. Put people back to work by no longer paying them more to stay at home. Reform the U.S. Fed, stabilize the U.S. dollar, and go to war. The only war that I will declare as U.S. president will be the war on the federal administrative state that is the source of those toxic regulations acting like a wet blanket on the economy. So I'm not sure I exactly understood Mike Pence's comment, but I'll let you all parse that out. For me, it's pretty simple. That's something a U.S. president can do with focus, and I'll deliver on it. Well, let me explain it to you. Let me explain it to you, if I can. I'll go slower this time. You know, I I sometimes struggle with the reading conversation. Look, I was a House conservative leader before it was cool. I actually pushed a deficit reduction act that was the last time we actually reduced the national debt in the United States when I was the leader of House conservatives. I balanced budgets and cut taxes when I was governor. I mean, look, Joe Biden has weakened this country at home and abroad. Now is not the time for on-the-job training. We don't need to bring in a rookie. We don't need to bring in people without experience. It's 30 seconds when you have a rebuttal, okay? And and you are up, Governor DeSantis. So at the end there, we get a little bit more of DeSantis talking about his record on COVID. Obviously, that's something that he wants to talk a lot about. He was very, very popular for it. It is a driving reason why he won re-election in Florida by such a handy margin. But I do want to point out that I think he left money on the table here. He's got a pretty bloodless delivery and he misses the fact that COVID cases are rising right now. You might know somebody with COVID. I know a bunch of people with COVID, especially because it's con season too. So people are getting sick at cons and some of the things that they're getting sick with is COVID. And some people you are hearing whispers, you are hearing murmurs that maybe we will need to bring back mitigation. And if you're Ron DeSantis, you should be making sure people know that. You should be elevating those murmurs and those rumors that mitigation is coming back. And this time it might be even worse because Joe Biden's there. But then again, could it be any worse than what we went through in 2020? And by the way, who was the president? But who kept you free? Me, Ronnie D. I don't know why I just became a Saturday morning cartoon show villain, but... Make this about now, not then. The biggest problem with Ron DeSantis talking about his COVID record is that nobody wants to remember it and we all want to get past it. And it happened three years ago. But if you make it about now that these are leadership decisions that don't just show character, they show utility. Because COVID cases are rising and I don't trust Joe Biden in the White House. 
to not bring back mitigation factors. Well, here's what I'll guarantee. I'll guarantee that they're not coming back right now. And I'm sure a bunch of other people on this stage would say the same thing. But you have to ask yourself, who do you trust? The person that says they'll do it or the person that did it? But he didn't say that. Again, I didn't think he had a good debate. Let's get a little Bergmentum. By the way, Doug Bergum ripped his ACL. That man is going to be on crutches for a while. And he gutted it out. He ripped his ACL yesterday while playing pickup basketball. He was up there on stage. I was very impressed by the fact that he was clearly in pain. You can see the look on his face because he said he wasn't going to take any kind of painkiller for it. So he was gutting it out. He was playing hurt. But like we showed in our debate prep, Doug Burgum, when he gets rolling, is a pretty compelling technocrat from a Republican perspective. Here is an example. But when they were they were all wishing me well, uh, and I think I took them a little too literally when they said, go to Milwaukee and break a leg. So, <laughs> but I do want to say uh, uh, on this, we're missing something. We can't just talk about the Biden economy because the economy, energy and national security are all tied together. We, of course, we're paying too much for our energy in our in our state, right in our country right now. But part of the reason why is because of the Biden policies on energy. We've got a plan right now, the $1.2 trillion of Green New Deal spending buried in the Inflation Creation Act is something that is just subsidizing China. We're, if we're going to stop buying oil from the Middle East and start buying batteries from China, we're just trading OPEC for Sinopec. And then belatedly, belatedly... The, the Biden administration says, no, we're going to put sanctions on Russian oil. Well, we put sanctions on Russian oil. Well, then it's 20 percent off. Who's buying it? China. So if you buy a battery in this country, you buy a solar panel, it's being produced in a power, in a plant in China powered by coal or it's being powered by oil and gas at 20 percent off. And every farmer in this country would like to buy diesel at 20 percent off, just like they're buying it in China. Governor Hutchinson. Quickly. All right. This was an interesting moment, very, very interesting moment where Vivek, who had already solidified himself as somebody that would be the linchpin and that would jump into conversations, would call people names. He he called everybody else on stage super pack puppets. He said that they were bought and paid for. And. This was the moment that Vivek got a little too much dip on his chip. DeSantis is having a spirited but misguided conversation and Vivek takes it from him and blows himself up. Then Christie, then Haley. This might have been my favorite moment of the debate. Here we go. Polls consistently show that young people's number one issue is climate change. How will you, as both president of the United States and leader of the Republican Party, calm their fears that the Republican Party doesn't care about climate change? So we want to start on this with a show of hands. Do you believe in human behavior is causing climate change. Raise your hand if you do. Look, look, we're not school children. Let's have the debate. I mean, I'm happy to take it to start. (laughs) Alexander, so do you want to raise your hand or not? I don't think that's the way to do. So let me just say to Alexander this. First of all, 
one of the reasons our country's decline is because of the way the corporate media treats Republicans versus Democrats. Biden was on the beach while those people were suffering. He was asked about it. He said, no comment. Are you kidding me? As somebody that's handled disasters in Florida, you've got to be activated. You've got to be there. You've got to be present. You've got to be helping people who are doing this. And yeah. here's the deal. Yeah. Let's just answer the question. So, here's the is question. that a yes or is that a yes? Is that a hand raise? You do not. I think it was a hand raise for him, and it's um, my hands are in my pockets. No, because no, no, I didn't raise, change agenda I didn't raise a hand. Let us be honest as Republicans. I'm the only person on the stage who isn't bought and paid for, so I can say this. The climate change oh, agenda whoa, 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 whoa. is a That's hoax. Ridiculous. The climate is change ridiculous. agenda is a hoax. And we have to declare independence for it. And the reality is, the anti-carbon agenda is the wet blanket on our economy. And so the reality is more people are dying of bad climate change policies than they are of actual climate uh, change. Governor, right, Governor look, Haley, are you bought the and paid for? Down by hold on, hold on. Listen, listen, listen. Hold on, hold on. I've had enough. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like <laughs> ChatGPT standing up here. And... The last person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, what's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama. And I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur standing on stage tonight. Come on, give me a hug. <laughs> give me a hug just same, like you did to Obama. The same type of amateur. And, and you'll help elect me just the, like you did to Obama, too. Give me that The same hug, type of amateur. Got, hold on. Hold on. Hey, Governor Haley, would you like to respond? Deserves. Are you so, bought Brett, and paid what for? I would like to say is the fact that I think this is exactly why Margaret Thatcher said, if you want something said, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. First of all, we do care about clean. Vivek gets booed. Gets booed. Climate change is a hoax is no longer mainstream Republican thought. Again, I thought that this was an interesting debate because, you know, I don't know. Some people reacted to me on social media because I said it was a good debate. And they're like, well, yeah, yeah, I'm sure independents didn't like it. This debate ain't for independents. It's for Republicans. Unless you are a Republican and you are interested to hear what these people have to say, then it ain't for you. If you're an independent, it really isn't for you. I mean, if, you were, if you're an independent and you're swayed by a partisan primary, then exactly how independent are you? It's certainly not for Democrats. They're, they're going to, I mean, that's like, like looking at what happened in the first Democratic debate and saying, well, it didn't really appeal to Republicans or independents. Yeah. Oh, no S word, dummies. Of course, it's so people in that party will vote for them in the primaries that are coming up. For the record, Vivek uh, shut up for a few segments after this one. And this gets to what I thought to be was the most important, and I do think historically important segment of this debate, the abortion segment. And it begins with Nikki Haley on abortion, which then goes to DeSantis' answer, which I did not think was as great. Here we go, Nikki Haley on abortion. To say to your party and to your state, which today confirmed a six-week abortion law as well, especially the impact on 
women suburban voters across this country. Thank you, Martha. I am unapologetically pro-life, not because the Republican Party tells me to be, but because my husband was adopted and I had trouble having both of my children, so I'm surrounded by blessings. Having said that, we need to stop demonizing this issue. This is talking about the fact that unelected justices didn't need to decide something this personal, because it's personal for every woman and man. Now it's been put in the hands of the people. That's great. When it comes to a federal ban, let's be be honest with the American people and say it will take 60 Senate votes. It will take a majority of the House. So in order to do that, let's find consensus. Can't we all agree that we should ban late-term abortions? Can't we all agree that we should encourage adoptions? Can't we all agree that doctors and nurses who don't believe in abortion shouldn't have to perform them? Can't we all agree that contraception should be available? And can't we all agree that we are not going to put a woman in jail or give her the death penalty if she gets an abortion? Let's treat this like, the, like a respectful issue that it is and humanize the situation and stop demonizing the situation. Vice President Pence, Governor DeSantis, you signed a six-week abortion ban in Florida. Uh, one of your biggest financial backers said that you need to, quote, shift to get moderates or you will lose. What do you say to him and others who say politically that is a tough thing to sell nationally? Well, I would say we sold uh, the biggest election landslide victory in the history of the Republican Party in the state of Florida in 2022. That's what I did. We can win. But second of all, look, um, you got to do what you think is right. I believe in a culture of life. Uh, I was proud to sign the heartbeat bill. Uh, I remember one of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms of all three of my kids. What the Democrats are trying to do on this issue is wrong to allow abortion all the way up to the moment of birth. I know a lady in Florida named Penny she survived multiple abortion attempts. She was left discarded in a pan. Fortunately, her grandmother saved her and brought her to a different hospital. We're better than what the Democrats are selling. We are not going to allow abortion all the way up till birth, and we will hold them accountable for their extremism. But just to be clear, Governor, would you sign a six-week ban federally? I'm going to stand on the side of life. Look, I understand Wisconsin is going to do it different than Texas. I understand Iowa and New Hampshire are going to do different. But I will support the cause of life as governor and as president. We, we Vice President Pence, a, you're shaking your head. We must have a mesh. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There is a line in the sand on this, okay? It's an actual policy discussion, something that actually matters. Abortion law, state or federal, go. And we saw people on either side of that issue. Nikki Haley was very clear in saying that this is a state's issue. Let's not even discuss, let alone demonize the concept of abortion by saying that there's going to be a federal law when there's not the will to have a federal law. You would need 60 votes in the Senate. To make that happen. Right now that doesn't exist. And Nikki Haley is saying it is disingenuous. To bring it up. And of course one of those. <laughs> senators. Uh, on the Republican side. Tim Scott who was also running for president. He also says well. We are going to do a federal law. 
Mike Pence says we're going to do a federal law. Asa Hutchinson says we're going to do a federal law. All of these three are talking directly. They might as well just be naming uh, uh, various churches in in Iowa, in Des Moines. <laughs> they might as well just be shouting out people that they met in Iowa last week, because that that's what that is all about. What's interesting is that b- all three of them, Pence, Hutchinson, and Scott, set the pro-life edge. This is what the pro-life, we're talking to the evangelical crowd, their federal law would be 15 weeks. That's, you know, kind of close to consensus. A reminder that 9 out of 10 of all abortions and the vast, vast, vast majority of all elective abortions take place before 12 weeks. France's national law allows it up through 14 weeks. If 15 weeks is what the most churchy candidates on stage are arguing for, if you add a robust protection for life of the mother and stuff like that, well, I don't think that we're really far off from a national consensus. One last thing uh, in, in Nikki Haley's uh, monologue there. She mentioned something that, that we things we can all agree on. No late-term abortion, blah, 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 blah. She also mentioned contraception. I want you guys to keep that in your head because we saw in that Ohio ad that got a lot of people in, a, in, in an increasingly reddening state out to vote against uh, abortion restrictions. The fight was not even about abortion in the ad we played. It was about condoms. If there is no hard policy line set for Republicans, then Democrats can, should, and will make their their position as extreme and ridiculous as possible. I don't think I have heard any legitimate Republican politicians say that they want to ban contraception. But the Democrats will make it seem like it Unless they say otherwise. And so I found that very interesting that Nikki Haley made it a talking point. Hey, here's something rare. A Chris Christie issue that got approved of in the arena. This on easy access to guns. They also blame Republicans for blocking gun control legislation. What would President Christie do? You know, I'm proud of the fact, Brett, that I'm the only person along with Governor Hutchinson up on this stage who's actually running United States Attorney's Office. I ran the fifth largest office in America in a a state where there is significant urban crime. And the problem is not going to be solved by more money. The problem is, is, is that these prosecutors in these localities in the states are refusing to do their job and to arrest violent criminals. So what a President Christie would do is appoint an attorney general who would instruct each of the 93 U.S. attorneys that they are to take over the prosecution of violent crime in every one of those cities that are failing to do so. We have plenty of room in the federal prisons to lock up these violent criminals and clean up what's going on all across this country in these individual cities. Secondly, 
What we need to make sure that each and every one of these criminals understand is that the laws apply to everybody. And when Hunter Biden fills out a fake application, a false application for a, for a gun permit, and then is facing a 10-year mandatory minimum, which was mandated by legislation sponsored by his father, and then you have a Justice Department that walks away from those charges, we're telling people that the law doesn't apply to everybody. In a Christie administration, he would go to jail for 10 years. What about a President Ramaswamy? What does a President Ramaswamy do about guns? If I were Chris Christie, I would talk a lot more about Hunter Biden and a lot less about Donald Trump. It is something that I think everybody can agree on, and he has experience doing. After the break, we go through the rest of this here program. We've got more Chris Christie. We have a fight about crime. We have uh, the Donald Trump segment. And in a landmark moment for Indian Americans, we have an absolute slap fight between Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy. That's all coming up. This is your update for this week, today. I'm recording this on Thursday here, so that's your update. We're going to update you on on news stories that didn't have to do with the debate. And it's brought to you by TakePoliticsSeriously.com. New season, baby. A lot of you guys have been picking up on the $3 Club. Now's the time to do it. Two bonus episodes each and every week. Take Politics Seriously. Com. Russian President Vladimir Putin has spoken publicly for the first time since the death of Evgeny Prigozhin, a former ally turned rebel of the Wagner Group. Prigozhin died in a plane crash on Wednesday. There's, of course, widespread speculation that Putin may have ordered Prigozhin's assassination after Prigozhin revolted against the Kremlin a few months ago. No truth to the rumors that Vladimir Putin showed up on state television in a hot dog suit saying we're all looking for the people who did this. Putin has urged the public to await the outcome of an official investigation into the plane crash before drawing conclusions. Putin recalled his long-standing relationship with Prigozhin, describing him as a man of complex fate who sometimes achieved desired outcomes. Prigozhin, of course, has led the Wagner group mercenary force and rolled to Moscow in an attempted insurrection. Rogozhin died in a fiery plane crash while traveling traveling from Moscow to St. Petersburg. There are rampant rumors that a missile shot it down. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell is navigating the delicate challenge of combating inflation without causing economic pain. Despite the fact that inflation has has decreased to 3% from over 9% last year, raising optimism about avoiding a recession, uncertainty about future price stability remains. The central bank's reg setting committee showed signs of division over the potential for an economic soft landing without significant unemployment increases. While the Fed is cautious about raising rates too high, another rate hike this year is still a possibility, aiming to bring inflation closer to the 2% target. Despite a strong economy and stable labor market, 
Concerns persist about potential inflationary pressures, giving indicators like high credit card debt and rising mortgage rates. You gotta see exactly how aggressive the Fed is going to be. Bidenomics rests in the balance. Of course, Donald Trump was not on stage last night. He instead counter-programmed the debate with a conversation on X with Tucker Carlson. As I record this at 4.38 Central Time on Thursday, that interview sits at 236 million views. Online analytics are often very inflated, but that's still a very large number. You want a large number more than you want a small number. I'll say this. I think it was a mistake for Trump to skip the debate. I think he's going to regret skipping the second debate, and I think he's going to do the third debate. Because I haven't really heard anything about this interview. It didn't really make a whole lot of news. Donald Trump was talking about mosquitoes. He said Epstein Epstein did kill himself. Those are pretty much the only two clips I saw. I watched the very beginning. It's just... A lot of the same stuff that Trump says. And that's your update. TakePoliticsSeriously.com is where you need to go to support this show. $3 a week, less than a cup of coffee, gets you two bonus podcasts each and every week. And if you want to hear me drunk, well, it's available right now. And now, back to the show. Another segment that I actually really enjoyed was this one on crime. This is Mike Pence and Vivek Ramaswamy fighting, and then a good DeSantis moment. Looking for a new national identity. The American people are the most faith-filled, freedom-loving, idealistic, hard-working people the world has ever known. We just need government as good as our people. Well, Mike, I think the difference is you might have, some others like you may have on the stage, it's morning in America speech. It is not morning in America. We live in a dark moment, and we have to confront the fact that we're in an internal sort of cold cultural civil you war. You are equating the American people with the failed win. government in Washington, D.C. We just need government as good as our people again. So, I can, so let me just finish addressing that slogan, because I don't know what that slogan means. We need to shut down the administrative state. That's actually how we translate it. Crime has been on the rise in Florida, Governor DeSantis. How do you stop? Crime. Well, actually, crime's at a 50-year low not in Florida. In, we're, in we're, we're happy with that. Well, the statewide, it's a 50-year low. And so here's the thing. These hollowed-out cities, this is a symptom of America's decline. And one of the biggest reasons is because you have George Soros funding these radical left-wing district attorneys. They get into office and they say they're not going to prosecute crimes. They disagree with the inmates start running the asylum. There's one guy in this entire country that's ever done anything about that. Me. When we had two of these district attorneys in Florida elected with Soros funding who said they wouldn't do their job, I removed them from their post. They are gone. And as president, as president, we are going to go after all of these people because they are hurting the quality of life and they are victimizing innocent people in every corner of this country. And it will stop when I get into office. Okay. One more here before the break, Governor Bergen. Earlier in the debate, Chris Christie called Ramaswamy 
chat GPT. <laughs> As a large language model, here are my populist talking points. But we have yet more schwam on Christie violence. Here we go. Get in and respond. Let's just speak the truth, okay? President Trump, I believe, was the best president of the 21st century. It's a fact. And Chris Christie, honest to God, your claim that Donald Trump is motivated by vengeance and grievance would be a lot more credible if your entire campaign were not based on vengeance and grievance against one man. And if people at home want to see a bunch of people blindly bashing Donald Trump without an iota of vision for this country, they could just change the channel to MSNBC right now. But I'm not running for president of MSNBC. I am running for president of the United States. We're skating on thin ice and we cannot set a precedent where the party in power uses police force to indict its political opponents. It is wrong. We have to end the weaponization of justice in this country. 30 seconds, Governor DeSantis. No, no, I'm sorry. You make me laugh because you 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 sit here in an answer. You sit here in an answer right You sit here and answer. Go ahead, Governor Christie. Hold on, Governor Christie. Hold on. Well, so listen, the more time we spend doing this, the less time they can talk about issues you want to talk about. So let's just get through this section. Governor Christie. You, You sit here talking about how you want to stand up for the rule of law. Yes. And law and order. And the fact is that it can't be selective. In your book, you had much different things to say about Donald Trump than you're saying here tonight. That's and, not true. Well, it is very true. That is not it's true. It's very true. I read it. Because and I a know, difference look, between I, bad I, behavior and illegal behavior, way, Chris. And you as a prosecutor way, should know yeah, better. Yeah, I, you know what? I know a lot There's better. There's a difference between I bad know, behavior. And I know a lot better than you do. You've never done it like you've never done anything to try to advance the interests of this government except to put yourself forward as a candidate tonight. And here's the thing. We stood up for law and order. I did it as U.S. attorney. I did it as governor. And I am not going to bow to anyone when we have a president of the United States who disrespects the Constitution. He said, he said, he said, Martha, it's important to say that the president said, Donald Trump said, it's okay to suspend the Constitution. Now, the oath you take is to preserve, protect, and defend, not suspend. I will always stand up for our Constitution, regardless of the political pressure. We have another question. I thought that was a great line by Vivek to effectively say, look, you you can't say that Donald Trump is unelectable because he's a hothead who carries personal grudges when you are almost entirely running for president because you are a hothead who holds personal grudges. Donald Trump was a conversation and Nikki Haley, who I think you guys are picking up. I called as my darling uh, media darling before the debate happened. I do think she probably gave the, uh, uh, the best answers. This is Nikki Haley talking about Trump in a way that I think is fair and not out and out offensive to the vast majority of the party, like some of the stuff that Asia Hutchinson and uh, Chris Christie say. Here's that clip. 
Pence did the right thing. And I do think that we need to give him credit for that. But what I will also tell you is, look, I mean, when it comes to whether President Trump should serve or not, I trust the American people. Let them here, vote. Here. Let them decide. Here, but what here. they will tell you is that it is time for a new generational conservative leader. We have to look at the fact that three quarters of Americans don't want a rematch between Trump and Biden. And we have to face the fact that Trump is the most disliked politician in America. We can't win a general election that way. Mike Pence had a monologue that we're not going to play because it's really long and I found it to be, you know, a little West Wingy. But Pence talked about his moment of choosing during January 6th and talked about how much the oath of office meant to him and how he sweared on Reagan's Bible and his swearing in ended with a prayer. So help me God, blah, 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 blah. Here's the problem. Like, who are you talking to? You're already in the never Trump lane. I don't know. I, I, I just, Asa Hutchinson and Mike Pence both just reminded me of the kind of politician that Donald Trump had thought to have eliminate from the party. They both seemed kind of pulled from the mothballs of the early aughts when every Republican was some version of Reagan plus George W. Bush. Here's a big moment. Look. Salute to all my Indian American listeners. Salute to all my Indian listeners. I was on the phone with a friend of mine uh, who is Indian last night. And I was like, congratulations to you. Congratulations to you. India lands on the moon. And then two Indian Americans dominate the presidential debate. Indian Americans eating well, eating well last night. And here they were clashing. This is Nikki Haley fighting with Vivek Ramaswamy over foreign aid. This came after the panel was asked if anybody would stop sending money to Ukraine. Vivek was the only person to answer the question. He got yelled at by Mike Pence and then Nikki Haley. This is the Nikki Haley moment. Um, you did not raise your hand, meaning that you would support more funding for the Ukraine war. You have uh, said of Governor DeSantis that um, you didn't appreciate it when he initially called it a territorial dispute. Why? First of all, the American president needs to have moral clarity. They need to know the difference between right and wrong. They need to know the difference between good and evil. Right. When you look at the situation with Russia and Ukraine, here you have a pro-American country that was invaded by a thug. So when you want to talk about what has been given to Ukraine, less than three and a half percent of our defense budget has been given to Ukraine. If you look at the percentages per GDP, 11 of the European countries have given more than the US. But what's really important is go back to when China and Russia held hands, shook hands before the Olympics and named themselves unlimited partners. A win for Russia is a win for China. We have to know that Ukraine is the first line of defense for us. And the problem that Vivek doesn't understand is he wants 
wants to hand Ukraine to Russia. He wants to right. let China eat Taiwan. He wants to go and stop funding Israel. You don't False. do that to friends. What you do False. instead is you have the backs of your friends. Ukraine is a front line of defense. Putin has said if Russia, once Russia takes Ukraine, Poland and the Baltics are next. That's a world war. We're trying to prevent war. Look at what Putin did today. He killed Pergozin. When I was at the UN, the Russian ambassador suddenly died. This guy is a murderer, and you are choosing a murderer over, over a pro-American country. First of all, first of all, first of all, Mr. Ramaswamy, you have 30 seconds. Mr. DeSantis, you know, Nikki, DeSantis, I wish you well in your future career on the boards of Lockheed and Raytheon. You know, I'm not on but the, the fact of the matter, and uh, and you know, Boeing you came put off of it, but you've been pushing this lie. This you've been pushing this lie want, all week, Nikki. You want Nikki. to go and defund Israel? This, you want to okay, let me address that. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to address each of those right now. This is the false lies of a professional politician. There you have it. So you the reality make America is, less safe. you have no me, foreign policy experience, and it shows. And you know what? The, the foreign policy experience that you all have shows in the pointless wars we've gotten into. I have to address that. So our relationship with Israel will never be stronger than by the end of my first term. But it's not a client relationship. It is a friendship. And you know what friends do? Friends help each other stand on their own two feet. So I will lead Abraham Accords 2.0. I will partner with Israel to make sure Iran never is nuclear armed. But you know what I love about Israel? And I've been there probably in the last 10 years more than most people on this stage. You know what I love about them? I love their border policies. I love their tough on crime policies. I love that they have a national identity and an iron dome to protect their homeland. And so, yes, I want to learn from the friends that we're supporting. And what puzzles no, me is, no, I want to learn from those and apply you, those to protect our homeland, that Nikki. Israel that is the answer. America, America needs on? Israel. Okay, they Governor DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, you were mentioned at yeah. the territory. Here's part of the reason why I believe Vivek did a good job with younger voters. It demonstrates a change of the guard when it comes to the Republican Party. Ronald Reagan was optimism. Right? Nothing America can't do. Donald Trump is pessimism. This country's going to hell and it won't exist anymore unless you elect me. Vivek not only is obviously cut from the Trump cloth, but I do think he represents an element of existential dread that is not only present in my generation as a 40-year-old, but also exists with kids younger than I. This is kind of a morose era. It's a, it, is, it is a glass-half-empty era. It is not a particularly can-do era. And so Mike Pence says to Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, 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 you're denigrating the American people. The American people just need a government as good as they are. And Vivek's answer was, no, this isn't Shining City on a Hill. This isn't morning in America. This is a dark time, and we need to take it seriously. Vivek also continued to overstep his bounds. He interrupted people. He did a little jazz hand thing in Ron DeSantis's, uh uh, window, and I think that probably turned a bunch of people off. But 
you can't argue with the fact that he was a presence. And now people know him. He got the lion's share of the Google searches. If I'm going to do my winners and losers, it is Vivek, it is Nikki at the top. Ron DeSantis is positive, but not great. And the losers to me were Chris Christie, who was not as much of a fighter as I was expecting him to, and Asa Hutchinson. I'm going to give Doug Bergman incomplete because I feel really bad about him shredding his Achilles. Are there any wafts of campaign undertaker before we get to the next debate, you might ask? I would say Asa. And I would say Pence, depending on how the polls go. So that's what we're looking at now. We are looking at Trump's top line to see if it softens. And we are taking a look at Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley versus Ron DeSantis right now. We will see whether or not this moves any needles. And that'll wrap it up for us today. Politics, 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 written and hosted by me, Justin Robert Young, for Dog and Pony Show Audio in Austin, Texas. Our show is edited by Brett Stewart. Send me an email, theyoungamerican at gmail.com. Twitter is px3tweets for the show. Justin R. Young for me. If you'd like to support me, breaking this stuff down here for you, paypal.me slash payjury on PayPal. Justin-Young-20 for Venmo. Cash app is PX3Cash, and you can send me anything you'd like in the mail. P.O. Box 1531-84, Austin, Texas, 78715. Of course, you can always get our bonus content at TakePoliticsSeriously.com. $3 tier gets you two bonus podcasts per week. In addition to the free podcasting schedule and our $10 tier gets you that, plus your name right at the end of the show, including... Jason, Edwin, C. Garcia, Matthew T., Andres, Matt, John Gross, El Basso, John, Craig Potts, MC Radio, Unsafe DB Levels, Neemeister, Yo Pinball Shop, DB4 Bongo, Edwin, Catherine, Todd, and Vote Gloria Young for King of the New World Order, Edison, Up, Up, Down, Down, Left, Right, Left, Right, BA, Select, Start, Dr. G, Neil, Charles, Darren, 100 Mile Runner, Idris Erzlanian, Blue Front, and the Lenina. D.L., Steven, Chad, Nomadic Terran, Molly's Dashing Debut, Adam, Chief Andy, Robert, Casey, Paul is awesome. Brad, Richard, just another pilot, middle-aged Mike, who loves Frank, got abducted. Utah, Jimmy Montana, the Gen, A-L-D-L-D-L-D, really? Chopper, Andrew, and Joshua, if you want your name read on the show, one place to go, take politicsseriously.com. One debate in the books. I missed him. I missed him so bad. But we got to get back to our regularly scheduled program next week. We'll see whether or not the polls move around. Oh, a chill. Chill up my spine. I love it so much. Till next time, this is your old pal Justin Robert Young saying some shows talk about politics, others talk about politics, and still more discuss politics. But this, this is the only show that dares discuss. All three.
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Dog and Pony Show Audio.